the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get it underway on a Thursday. Been a rainy day today. Bunches and bunches and buckets full of rain falling uh, coming to the capital today. And it's been uh, wet, to say the least. But uh, it's supposed to move out this evening. It's supposed to be a beautiful day tomorrow. 75 degrees, they're saying, tomorrow. Wow. But Saturday rain comes back. I'll be happy when, you know, Mother Nature decides, yeah, we'll make it spring We'll make it 75, 80 degrees, and we'll give you several days in a row of sunshine and dry all of this extra water up. Well, I plan to uh, uh, veg out on the couch on Saturday and prepare for the Auburn-Virginia matchup. Oh, that's, what you're, that's what you're predicting? Well, I mean, that, that's, that's the game at 5 on, uh, on Saturday for yeah. Auburn's shot at a oh, national so championship gonna watch, in basketball. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to be night. reading a lot of you know, pregame stuff. Uh, my wife, we've got two Final Four shirts coming in the mail. We're decked are you out. in We're Auburn? Excited. Are you an Auburn uh, uh, fan? Yeah, we. Oh, my family. You didn't graduate. Well, no, no. We went. To, we moved here when I was in high school, and I went to a, a Arkansas Tech. But okay. my family, we're all raised in you know Mobile area, half Alabama, half Auburn, uh, and so never in my life did I actually think that. Auburn would be in the Final there. Four of basketball of they're all sports, there. so it's, it's been fun to watch. But anyway, they, I probably just lost a lot well. of your viewers. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're, you, you got to pull for the SEC, right? I would think that you would be. I personally think that the team that has the best chance—I'll I'll give them to you in in, in a row. All right, okay. number one, Michigan State. I think they're very good. Yep. I mean, Izzo is just such a great coach. Uh, number two, I think Texas Tech has a real shot at this. They do. this puppy. You know, three Auburn. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the percentages as far as who would win, and Auburn's got seven percent, a seven percent chance right now, which is just kind of funny. I actually think this tournament, uh, with the Final Four, actually, it's sort of wide open. I think Michigan State's. I would think they're the favorite. They're playing good basketball right now, but but Auburn is too. Texas Tech's playing good basketball, and Virginia's been the best team throughout the whole season. So it'll be that it'll be Texas, fun to watch. I'm gonna tell you what, Texas Tech, Virginia, they may not score forty points. That, that would be that might they uh, both play. Great I would defense. think CBS might not want that matchup. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe you got to get at least one of those offensive teams in there. But it'll be interesting. It's uh, all good coaches, all good basketball. Well, we'll so. watch to see if uh, Auburn and Texas Tech. Can light it up from three, you know, three, three lane because uh, the bottom line is you live by the three, you die by the three. That's that is true, and I will say they they did they only knocked down seven threes against Kentucky and and squeezed through there. Uh, I saw Nick Horton on the stairs the other day, and, and I was oh, I was I was kind. Oh man! Hey man, he can talk. He can talk a lot about it's. It doesn't he happen talks often. A lot for, of smack. Well, about it doesn't blue. happen often for for Auburn. So I think he could at least stomach that, knowing that his team will probably be back in the uh, Final Four yes. conversation next year. So and that's what I enjoy about this Final Four. And, and we'll move, look, we're going to talk politics. <laughs> Sorry, just, I'm hijacking this. No, show. no, just understand that we will. What's good about this year? Duke's not there. The Zags aren't there. Nope. 
Kentucky's not there. All those teams that everybody thought would be somewhere close to the Final Four, and they were close, but they didn't make it. I'm happy. I mean, this kind of fresh air to bring four teams that haven't been there in a long I time. I agree. I think it's fun to see uh, sort of new faces. Uh, been 20 even years with for the, Michigan State. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, I'll say one last thing. I know we can get to politics, but uh, as an Auburn fan, uh, it has been a crazy run. I mean, when you can knock off Kansas, oh, they've been North hot. Carolina, and Kentucky in consecutive games, I mean, those are the blue bloods, right? Yeah. And, and so that gives you confidence going into a Final Four. Uh, and I think uh, I think Auburn is relaxed. I think they feel like they're playing with house money. They've been uh, uh, counted out basically every game since Kansas. Yep. And so uh, it'll be fun to watch. Well, I didn't count them out against Kansas. This Kansas team wasn't like a traditional. Kansas no, yeah, team. not. And they were actually, I think, favored over Kansas. Uh, but but North Carolina, nobody gave them a shot. Kentucky, nobody yeah. gave them a shot. So I think they feel comfortable with that chip and that underdog role. And we'll see what happens. It may end uh, Saturday night, but who knows? It's it's been a wild ride for Auburn, Alabama. I will tell you, I've already got it set up. Friends of ours and my wife and myself will be at Buffalo Wild Wings to watch both games. Eating wings and uh, having an adult beverage and enjoying. And I like to watch these games amongst people. Yeah, it is fun. Not just at my house with you know five people or something. I like when you got a bunch of people. That's that's that. interesting. That's what this. I feel the same way. So when I lived in uh, D.C., that was one of the most fun parts about it. Is because on weekends you my, have all the different bars that are designated for different teams. Right. And so I was keeping up with the one uh, in in D.C. for Auburn, and they're going to have a big. You know, I mean, th- those are fun. Just being with a bunch of different people. But uh, my my wife would also probably say that it's probably good that I am not with a bunch of different people because I get <laughs> I get super excited, very animated. Uh, in these games, and it just keeps. Are you one of those people getting, that come jumping off of your stool and stuff? But, well, yeah, mainly in football because let's be honest, I haven't had a whole lot of basketball <laughs> thoughts yeah. uh, about Auburn and basketball. But uh, it's it definitely turned into that, and especially when those guys get hot and start shooting threes and transitions, you get you get pretty pumped. So. Okay, so now that's Bruce Pearl's team, right? Yep, yep. Boy, he's come back. From Tennessee and looking good, hasn't he? He really has, and and uh, I think for the first time ever, really, probably since Sonny Smith, and I'm going back to you know, but in the '80s with Auburn and Charles Barkley, that people actually feel really good about where this program is. They've been to the Sweets, or they went, they were on the verge of the Sweet 16 last year, made it all the way to the Final Four this year. He's got it, he's, and he's got a good class coming in. So it's okay, fun. so uh, what's his name out in Houston is uh, looking to stick around. Kelvin Sampson. Uh, Houston now, evidently. Yeah. So who do you think uh, the Razorbacks are, are looking at? You know, I am I really don't know who they're looking at right now. I think that, uh, obviously, Kelvin Sampson was the name we all heard, and, and that doesn't look like that, that it's going to happen. I think, obviously, Chris Beard, but he's from Texas, and he's the Texas Tech coach. Uh, I don't think you can get him back here to Arkansas. And then I've heard no, the Nevada muscle man. Look, let me be honest here. I don't want to see Calvin Sampson here in Arkansas because I still don't believe he runs a clean program. Yeah, He well, destroyed Indiana. Oh, that's right. And it's yeah. taken forever for Indiana to even start to show some life again. And he destroyed Oklahoma, and it's taken them a long time. Well, and yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously this will be the first big hire by your check. Uh, yep. I think it's, it's you know, I, 
the SEC, man, you, you got Buzz Williams coming from Virginia Tech to Texas A&M. I mean, the coaching, uh, uh, the individual coaches at each school has just gone up year in and year out in the SEC. So it's going to be tough for the Razorbacks, but it's just a more competitive league. But I think I think they're in. I, I think it was a probably a necessary change uh and and to kind of you know uh you know reinvigorate the fan base a little bit so we'll see what happens uh it may be a name we've never heard of and then again it may be a total surprise so we'll we'll see what happens but i, I think the, let me just throw in my two cents go for steve alford is available yeah just saying well i mean that's that's i'm telling you there's going to be uh uh, and I let's think face it, it might be the reason Alford, Alford had problem at UCLA is because he had two players on that UCLA team that their fathers are big money spenders and big wigs, and th- they were just undermining him left and right. Well, there's there's definitely talent out there. Uh, I think it is more difficult now with just how competitive the SEC yeah. is. But, I mean, look at it. The, the Auburn bounces back. You had South Carolina in the Final Four just a couple years ago. Uh I mean, so the, the, the Arkansas could absolutely turn things around quick. I think they will. I think fans want to see it. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. Big pick, though. It's going to be fun to watch. It really, really is. All right, 16 minutes after, let me remind you about PI Roofing Home Solutions. They are in the business now of taking care of your gutters. You don't want to be the person who has to climb up on a ladder and clean out your gutters. And now PI Roofing, in buying Tommy's gutter cleaning services, they'll do it for you. They'll bring you that exact same kind. They're going to bring you that same kind of, um, how do I put this? The same kind of professionalism they do to roofing and to home repair services uh, to gutter cleaning now. So all you have to do to do any of those three is to go to their website. That's piroofing.com. PIRoofing.com. We'll be back in just a few moments with uh, JR, and we will talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, third floor, ca- uh, house side, here at the state capitol. And the uh, word that we're getting is that perhaps next Wednesday will be the last day of the session. Is that what you may be hearing in the governor's office? Uh well, I'm just gonna wait and see. Well, we've got uh, we've got obviously transformation that's still sitting out there, um, and it's mainly just because when you take when you pass a bill out of committee, you got to get it engrossed, uh, and and that's a lot of pages. And it's two thousand plus pages, so it takes some time. So we're hoping to have that on the Senate floor tomorrow uh, for a vote, and then of course got to go to the House, and then so so I think so. I think that could be it. That um, may be the last day. You realize it might, that it might be the last day. <laughs> but you know what? Will a, a, a win is a win is a win. So if we can get that passed and sign into law and start, really the 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 biggest effort will be the implementation. I mean, this there's a, a lot has gone into the the you know the plan itself and the bill itself. Um, but really, once that thing gets passed, the, the heavy lifting is going to be the, the transition and the, and the implementation. But we're excited and we're ready for it. Okay, so you explain to me, if it passes, which I'm expecting it to, I'm Correct. not hearing yeah. anybody against mm-hmm. it, uh, it gets done. What, do you have a, a, a crew of, of people in the governor's office that work together to make this all happen? Yeah, I don't want to still the thunder at this point, but yeah, there'll be a sort of transition team that really helps uh, put things into 
uh, place, uh, and the governor will obviously make his selections on secretaries. Uh, I would probably say within a month or so after the session and wraps, hold a presser to announce all of those that or, or a press release, however that works. But okay. this will be it's going to be a, a, a fairly methodical process. I mean, we've got to get secretaries in place. Uh, you got to have a transition team in place to make sure everything you know goes to where it needs to go and that sort of thing. And then obviously the whole point of transformation is to make things uh, more seamless, more efficient, uh, eliminate duplicative costs and processes. And so you want to make sure that you know the the fifteen cabinet cabinet level agencies sort of have a system in place where they're all sort of acting uh, in, in the same sort of approach to what they do. They all have different. Uh, responsibilities, but we also want to make sure that what they're doing is is in line with that those transformation efforts, and, and, I, and I have no doubt that they will be. But it takes a lot of work, so that'll be really the next the next steps you'll see is after signing is is the uh, the implementation, you know, transition team, the secretaries announced, um, and then obviously July one that stuff goes into effect, and, and we start uh, um, you know moving play, moving uh, pieces into place, and, and, and going off the bill that's passed, the law, the act. So, how's the feeling among state government workers? Is there a, a feeling of, of you know, I mean, trepidation? Are they nervous about this, or is everybody fairly for sure and sold on this project that it's not going to cost them jobs? No, I think actually there's a lot of excitement uh, in state government about it, uh, and I think the governor has handled this just unbelievably well. When you have a project of this caliber and and the undertaking that it has um, has been, uh, he got out in front of this. I mean, he told people for a long time what he wanted to do. We've been working on this for two years. His, his chief transformation officer, Amy Fetcher, has been having countless meetings with with different groups, uh, uh, associations, boards and commissions, directors, just to really say, hey, look, this is what we want to do. This is what this bill will do. This is what this bill will not do to sort of ease some of those concerns. Um, and so I think generally it's excitement. I think people are excited to see what's next. And and, and honestly, let's, let's see this, you know, get into place and, and start, you know, um, identifying those efficiencies. And I also think what you've seen in some of these agencies, they've already started moving with the consolidations. I mean, they know things are coming, so they're already kind of working to get ahead of it and that sort of thing. And I think that's great. Um, so, so I would say generally the, the sort of the emotion, the feeling is, is, is just excitement, uh, amongst state government and, and what this will mean. So just one last question about this, because again, I don't think anybody foresees any problems. It may have gone a little slower through the session than when people thought it would do. I thought it would bang, bang, bang and get through. Well, I, I think actually we, we uh, I mean, obviously it's taken a little longer than we thought it would, yeah. but we also knew it would take some time because if you remember, we, we um, filed, uh, Representative Andy Davis, Senator um, Bart Hester filed 16 b- pieces of legislation, 15 for the cabinet level agencies, one for sort of technical correction, things like that. Um, and then we they pulled those back and then filed one. Uh, sort of omnibus bill um, for the entire yeah. uh, transformation. So that process, that alone was about two to three weeks, just you know, getting those in front of the committee, letting them go through each line, uh, really digest it. And then, and then, of course, once the bill was filed, going back through it. Um, and, and so it's taken a little bit longer, but, but I think that 
Um, Chairman Caldwell and, and the Senate state agencies, they've done a really nice job of going through there, um, taking sort of a detailed account of, of everything and, and making their suggestions. Some have been really good. that have really strengthened the bill. So uh, the process took a little bit longer than expected, um, but I think we all sort of knew it was going to take longer than, say, you know, the, the tax cut or, um, you know, any number of the other pieces of legislation on the governor's agenda. But but like I said, if it's the last day of the session, doesn't matter to me as long as it's it's signed, sealed, and delivered. So. so the Senate uh, committee has passed it out. It's going. Is, has it been to the floor or going to? Uh, it will go to the floor. Okay. Um, and I believe that will be set for tomorrow, and then okay. it'll have to go over to the House and then the House floor. And then I would think it's uh, if everything plays out well, and say it goes Monday to the House committee and then the floor on Tuesday, we could sign it on. Yeah, because they can do it in twenty four hours over there. It, yeah, from committee to yeah, to and, floor. and I and I think too, and we may not sign it immediately. Uh, there's going to be a lot of I think. Uh, fanfare on this. We've got a lot of people that were involved, so we want to make sure people can be here that want to be here. But we do have five days from the time it is delivered to the governor's office, including Saturday, to to sign it. So it may be the week after, but we'll see. But it doesn't matter. Like I said, as soon as it moves its way onto the governor's desk, uh, uh, I know he'll be pleased, and we can really get uh, to work on, on the tough part of it, and that'll be implementing it. Okay. Five business days, is that what you're saying? Basically, five, yeah, basically five. They don't count Saturdays and Sunday. Sunday. They're not Monday. Well, no, they Friday. count Saturdays. So oh, that's they do. A, yeah, okay. so Saturdays count as Sundays, not. So it okay. would be, if it was delivered on Wednesday, it'd be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, probably Monday. Monday, yeah. It would go into law with. Uh, technically, without a signature, but that's not going to happen. We'll, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, he'll be, his, that will be one of the bills he's bill. the most. Uh, it's historic. It hasn't happened since '72, um, and in many ways, this is really sort of a more uh, uh, detailed. Uh, account of, of transformation and what we want to do than I think even the 71, 72 bill, um, because there's just been so much conversation, so much work, uh, the attention to details, making sure that what's done, uh, you know, can't be easily undone. Uh, we want to make sure that it, it, it's, it, uh, uh, meets muster for a long time. Uh, and so that's, that's where we are. We're excited about it. We feel good about it. And, and like I said, the next step will be implementation once it passes, uh, once the governor's signature is added to it. So. Okay, we just got a couple minutes left here in this half hour, so I'll, I'll wait on SB 411, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Sanctuary Cities bill that got out of Senate committee today, and uh, talk with that about, uh, about with you. Uh, the thing that I really wanted to ask you as well is, how does the governor feel about uh, the way the session's gone? He's going to get his final piece of legislation yep. in that he's wanted. I think he feels really good about it, um, and we've actually had these conversations where you know at the uh, every session there's always at least in in, in our experience that uh, there's always uh, something that kind of pops up in the end of the session that, that turns into sort of a, a, a mud surprise fight. or yeah or something. And I think that that's I think maybe possibly there was thought that the that the uh, DHS the DMS appropriation would be that turned out it, it didn't. Um, so we we've. we've really been pleased he's been very pleased with the way things have gone he's gotten his agenda items through the four t's he's talked about with you know a, a, uh, the transformation bills coming the highway bill transportation that's signed uh it's in law uh the tax cuts and the teacher pay so so that he's very very pleased uh, as to where we stand right now and uh i think it's been a really good session so they're, they're finishing up those rsa negotiations and we should have that ready to go by next week as well so Okay, so when we come back, let's talk about sanctuary cities. Let's talk. There's a few things that we can talk about that are still out there. 
the uh, the committees are starting to wind down. The, the the legislature would like to get out of here. I know from talking to the the speaker and to the head of the Senate, the pro tem, that both of them would like to be out of here next week. That means uh, a lot of these bills that were still in the pipeline just not going to get heard. That's just the way it works. All right, so let's get to the news at the top or the bottom of the hour, find out what's going on around uh, the United States, and then we'll come back with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman. And we won't talk about basketball. We will talk politics. I bet. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Their phone number, 982-7451. Why put a new engine or a t- totally rebuilt engine in your car that might cost you somewhere in the six to $8,000 range and then with uh, the necessary labor run you up to close to ten grand when you can get a uh, an engine put in from your type vehicle from a total lost car the engine's still in good shape the you know the car itself is just you know all crunched up and looks terrible but you can use that engine I've done it that way that's what I have in my car now and you save more than fifty percent by doing that. Just makes sense that that's the way you'd want to do things. So, Sonny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for doing that. Get standard warranties, get guarantees, get one, two, and three year warranties on all their parts. Again, that's 982-7451. Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. So, Dave Ellswick Show, we are talking to uh, J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman, I wanted to talk to him uh, about a piece of legislation that just got out of uh, Senate committee today, and it's a piece that I'm happy to see has happened because I've been, well, J.R. will will say, I've been raising the alarm about sanctuary cities here in the state of Arkansas for several years now. The governor said he's totally against uh, sanctuary cities, but yet we we see cities continually making uh, movements towards that. Fayetteville, Little Rock are prime examples of that. Today, SB 411 uh, went through uh, the committee. It'll be voted on tomorrow in the Senate. They're all gearing up for it over in the House now because they expect to see it. What do you What do you think uh, here, uh, uh, Jr. Is a, is the governor glad to see that the legislature is taking an a very active and serious approach to this? Uh, I mean, we kind of spoke about this during the break. I don't have much to offer. I haven't had a chance to visit with the governor about this specific piece of legislation, and he likes to review things before he comments. Um, So that's kind of where we are. And obviously with the end of session, there's been a lot of things that have popped up over the last week that have run pretty quickly, uh, and he just hadn't had a chance to to review it yet. So that's, I think, uh, you know, you want to be able to look at the bill and and look at the language and and make sure that, you know, as you know, there's a lot of things that say it's going to do X, Y, and Z, and there may be, you know, an extra W or something in there. And we just want to make sure that it's all... Uh, uh, that he's reviewed it fully before he comments on it. So. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll hold, I'll hold that until next week. That sounds good. All right. <laughs> by then, it it'll probably have been passed here by the the Senate and the House. Uh, piece of uh, legis another piece of legislation was House Bill sixteen eighty four, which was offering in in state tuition to to illegals. And you've got that pulled up for me. Thanks. Uh, in-state tuition uh, to illegal aliens 
And now I understand that's been stricken out of the legislation. However, those that are DACA recipients are still in the legislation. Uh, I did a little research on it because I've been totally against it. This goes all the way back to when mm-hmm. Hutchinson was as was governor. Huckabee, and he won- yeah. uh, Huckabee pardon me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Freudian slip. <laughs> when uh, Huckabee was back uh, as governor and he had Joyce Elliott run a um, piece of legislation for um, in-state scholarships for illegal aliens, and that was defeated in his uh, term. This is Title VIII, uh, Chapter 14, Section 1623 from the U.S. Code about this, and it, let me just read what it says. This, notwithstanding any other provision of law, an alien who is not lawfully present in the United States shall not be eligible on the basis of residence within a state or a political subdivision for any post-secondary education benefit unless a citizen or national of the United States is eligible for such a benefit in no less an amount, duration, and scope without regard to whether the citizen or national is such a resident. And I understand there's a lot of people that believe that the children that were brought over by illegal immigrants that that came over as as little kids should get, you know, a a do-over, so to speak. Uh, I don't see it that way. I don't think the law sees it that way. Is HB 1684, does it need to go back to the... To the committees? Well, I think to the to the statute you're, or the code that you're uh, speaking to, I, I wouldn't necessarily hang your hat on that. I think there's already been uh, it's already been litigated in California state courts, um, and actually, uh, those who are um, proponents of uh, illegals being covered by. Um, you know, in-state tuition and that sort of thing actually use the same argument uh, for that code. Um, so uh, w- what we've done in, in this particular piece of legislation, if you remember correctly, and what you pointed out at the beginning of this segment, uh, is the fact that um, they struck uh, out the, the first bill that came up, it actually received about 75 votes in the House when it was wide open. The governor's the, one of the first, if, if the only person who brought this up immediately in an Associated Press interview where he said, I've got some issues with this piece of legislation because it would open uh, the door to all illegal uh, immigrants in the state. So we went back through, and I'll just tell you, I want to be clear, this bill does three things. One thing it does not do in its current form uh, is it does not offer in-state tuition to what you and I would refer to as illegal aliens. It does, however, do three things. It provides rulemaking authority, and this is really important. It provides rulemaking authority to the Department of Higher Education uh, to allow colleges the option of offering in-state tuition uh, to three types of uh, non-traditional documented residents. One is the Marshallese, and that's obviously a a well-documented case up in northwest Arkansas. Uh, The other is work permit holders who have an I-766 federal authorization. And the third is students who have current uh, DACA-approved status from Homeland Security. Um, So that really narrows this whole thing in scope to make sure that uh, those are the only three Groups, if you will, that that a, that a state higher institution could make available to in-state uh, tuition. So that that's what this bill does. It does not offer a blanket um, uh, blanket in-state tuition to all legal immigrants in the state. So I think that's really really important. I would also say too that you got to take this into perspective. It's not. It's very easy to get caught up in these things and say it's for uh, you know specifically for DACA uh, or or uh, the Latino community um, in the state. That's about a third of it. The other part is Marshall. And and a, and a and 
really what's happening in northwest Arkansas. Um, you have a lot of, uh, of, of individuals of Indian descent that have federal work permits that are here uh, working at J.B. Hunt and Logistics or Walmart or Tyson. Um, and so, you know, part of it is saying, look, they're here. They, they, are, here, they, they are here legally, and they should be able to uh, have in-state tuition through and those I federal work permits. I would not... I would not argue that point. Yeah. So, I mean, that, but I'm just telling you, that's what this bill does. Uh, and I told you what this bill does not do. And the, the governor at the time is the only person that actually pointed out that the bill was very much flawed uh, the way it was written to begin with. Um, and so it'll now head back to the House for concurrence. Um, and like I said before, the original bill, when it was wide open, got about 75 votes uh, in the House. And I expect this Which I wasn't happy Senate. with. To sure. Be honest. Yeah. You know, I was really. To be honest with you, probably the biggest time I've been disappointed with the Republicans at this session was that. Because it was like nobody even read that bill. I don't think they understood what that bill did. And that's and I, I, but, and I think a lot of them really appreciate the fact that the governor took some time to go through and it. That's and, good. and we made that change. There's 18 states right now uh, across the nation that, and we're talking like Texas. Texas has an all-out uh, blanket if you're an illegal immigrant, you have in-state tuition if you've been here for three years, basically. Yeah. Um, this does not do that, and I want to make sure that people understand that. Um, so, so again, this, this literally just gives Department of Higher Education um, you know, authorization to, to promulgate rules uh, and that the universities can only uh, uh, approve that in-state tuition if they so choose for those three classes. And, and that's, that's what it does, and that's all it does. All right. That's a fair answer. There you go. I'll give you credit. That's a fair answer. I don't like all of it, but that's okay. <laughs> I understand. I don't think DACA people should give, be given the uh, th- that uh, that uh, in-state tuition because if a kid comes from Tennessee, he don't get it, you know. And he's a citizen of the United States. DACA kid ain't. Well, I, well, if a kid from Tennessee comes here and he's here for three years, then he would get it. And I think, but I, I understand what you're saying. But but that is that's part of this. Uh, uh, you know, the whole debate on this particular piece of legislation. And, and that's why the governor, when going through it, wanted to make sure that this was not a wide-open free-for-all. I'll give him thing, credit so. that he struck yeah. out illegal immigrants. Yeah. Thank you very Tell him thank you very I'll much tell for him. me. I'll All tell right, him. I appreciate that. Uh, we talked a little bit about what was going on uh, on, on Sanctuary Cities. We'll get back to that next week. Uh, let's come back and, and talk about the Internet sales tax. That's going to be up for a vote today uh, in the House. It may have already been voted. If you're listening at 5 o'clock, they've already voted on it. Right? <laughs> so you know more than I do right now. But we'll be back and we'll talk about that. J.R. Davis is our guest. He is the governor's spokesman. There's more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. By the way, we've been having a, a, a discussion about sanctuary cities here during the break. All right. We're going to get into it more uh, in next week, uh, give the governor a chance to look at the legislation that has passed Number one, hasn't passed. It has only been through one committee thus far. That's the Senate committee. It'll be voted on today on the Senate floor. If it gets out of there, it goes to the House. It goes to the House committee. If it gets out of the House committee, then the floor will take it on. And if they pass it, then it will go to the governor. So there's still some steps that, uh, that have to, to be taken. But uh, in defense of the governor is that he's been on my show personally and twice I've asked him this question about sanctuary cities, and he is adamantly opposed to them. Uh, we never got into talking about what he would do. He just said, I just want them to know I am ad- 
adamantly oppose and will take necessary steps on yeah. that. And I mean, I would say, too, yeah, the governor's adamantly opposed. Just to like them, I would never ask also, the general, well, what are you going to do to the to to those terrorists if they do X, Y, or Z? They would never tell me that. Right, right. And there are steps, but the governor has been adamantly opposed to sanctuary cities. But you also understand, too, that he is the former administrator of the DEA, former undersecretary of Homeland Security, uh, and and uh, you know, the and he was man respects. Them then. But right, and the man <laughs> respects. The, the law of the land. And, and so for a city to come in and say, we're going to shield illegal immigrants from federal law enforcement, uh, that's a no-go with the governor. Uh, that's We have laws in place, and, and we will uh, enforce those laws, and, and that's where he's coming from on this whole thing. So that's where he's... And we've had this debate before. I mean, this isn't... We talked it came about back this up two in 2017. Yeah. So uh, and back then, he said he didn't feel like it was a, a, a necessary... Uh, law because we just have to enforce the laws on the books and and I think that's a very uh, honest and reasonable answer to that so and the governor's been about that in a lot of different cases where if there's a law that's not needed we, we don't just need to pass laws to pass them um, and so I think that uh, uh, um, basically that I mean I think his reasons for that have always been um, uh, honest and and his perspective as an attorney and being in the executive branch of the federal uh, government and, and being able to say, look, we have laws, we have to enforce them. That's how you make sure people follow the laws, by enforcing those laws. So that's been his perspective. Like I said, he hasn't seen the uh, um, uh, the new legislation. Uh, he'll study it, and then I'm sure he'll have more comments on it uh, next week. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the uh, Internet sales tax. Uh, to make it more palatable uh, to all Republicans, it has been included together with a corporate Right. Uh, tax as well. I think the writing was on the wall that the Internet sales tax was going to have a hard time passing in and just by itself. And they put this other piece in. So now you got to either vote against both of them or you, you, you vote against for one and you end up voting for the other. Uh, are you all uh, and I think the governor would like to see the Internet sales tax. I, am I wrong with that? No, no. Okay. I mean, and I think, too, you got to put it in perspective here. You say the writing's on the wall that, you know, the Republicans, there wasn't a lot of support there. But the, the writing on the wall, too, is the fact this is a changing economy. Um, I think I read an article the other day that said for the first time in history, Internet sales uh, uh, um, out, I guess, spent or whatever you want to say. People bought more things online than they did in stores. Um, so I think that, that it's just it's a different economy. And, and also, I do think that a lot of the argument, uh, this, this aspect of the argument is lost sometimes throughout the debate. And the fact is, it's a fairness issue. You've got a lot of people, and Dave, you've been around a while. You, you know people who have started their own businesses, who have retail shops that aren't necessarily on the Internet, or maybe they have both. I don't understand um, why, but yeah, right, I do know yeah, that. But they... But they, they uh, uh, they have their their brick and mortar in the state, and they are subject to taxes, um, sales tax. That's not the case right now for some of the smaller retailers in in other states, or maybe they just happen to be, uh, you know, uh, on the internet, and that's it. And and they don't have to collect and remit sa- remit sales taxes. One example we've always talked about, you know, Bedford Camera. Uh, they you have they've had a number of. Uh, of encounters where people will come in or Best Buy and come in and take a look at uh, a specific, you know, 
camera or TV or some sort of technology, uh, and they go out to the parking lot and they buy it online uh, for hundreds of dollars less because they don't have to pay the the sales tax. Uh, that hurts those typical brick and mortar businesses. Uh, so it's a, it's an issue of fairness. And I think what you've seen is Amazon's already come on and said we're going to start collecting and, and remitting the sales tax. There's been some other bigger corporations that have done the same, uh, and I also think it puts uh, you know some of our home businesses like Walmart. Uh, a disadvantage with with uh, companies like Amazon before they decided to do that, eBay, Overstock. So uh, it's important. It's an issue of fairness, uh, and, and that's really what this comes down to. How how are how is the state of Arkansas going to be able to enforce this? Though that that's been my question about this from the very beginning. Well, I'm not certainly not an expert on, on how they would enforce it. I know DFNA has been working on it. This has been a conversation we've had for a while now. Uh, I think a lot of states were gearing up for you know the uh, the decision on the uh, uh, Quill versus North Dakota decision back in 1992 when they overturned that and basically said that it's up to the states. Um, and so I think they've been working on this for a while. It has to do with different kinds of software uh, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I think it, in some cases it will be difficult to, to uh, enforce, but in other areas it won't be because there's a lot of the market share of some of those larger uh, um, online retailers that do not currently collect and, and remit taxes to the state. Uh, and, and that hurts the state. I mean, it does. It hurts those mom-and-pop businesses, but it also hurts the state to provide those essential services uh, when, when you see uh, less and less uh, people going into stores and more and more people buying things online. So it's it's literally just it's a balancing act. It's it's an issue of fairness, and I think this is what that does. So. Okay, so now I got one from left field for you. All right, I'm ready. The it's baseball for, the season. Former, it. Yeah, that's right. The for, put me in, coach. <laughs> uh, the former first lady. I read this. Is going to be yeah. the guest speaker at the. Uh, Arkansas, what, science and math school. In Hot Springs. In Hot mm-hmm. Springs, coming up, I think, in May. Okay. Um, is, is, the, is the money for that, is that state money that's being paid for her, or do we know, or what? Uh, I may, I'm going to, I might actually be really wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that uh, ASM, uh, uh, the School for Mathematics and Sciences in, in Hot Springs is a, uh, sorry? That's where she's speaking of. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I know that's where she's speaking, but I think that's a, a private uh, or sure. charter or something like that. But no, okay. it's not. We're not. No, the state's not paying. Uh, the state, from my understanding, fee? is not. Yeah, it's not. The state is not paying for that. I okay. can assure you of that. I'm just so. checking. I'm no, just no, no, no. I understand. I understand. All right. And, uh, and it saves me all the paperwork of doing a FOIA on it. So yeah, I, I understand. That. But no, it's it's uh, that. That's interesting. You brought that up because we've gotten some questions on that already. But no, that's we're not. That's not happening. I'm glad so, to know yeah. there's other people paying attention too. <laughs> no, we 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 pay Dave Ellsley. To yeah, there you to, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we would not pay there. for anyone. Just so we're clear. <laughs> I got you. I'm with you on that. But no, there. yeah. So that's uh, interesting and and um, always something going on in this okay. state. Well, we got about a minute and a half here, so let's go back to basketball. Oh, I love it. All right, I love so it. So you're predicting Auburn wins it all. I'm, hey, man, I have two brackets. Actually, my staff would, would, would tell you I'm lying, and I have about six brackets. But two brackets that I'm in the legitimate pools with. All right. I had my yeah, which went down in flames on the second weekend. Horrible. Okay. Nobody was in the final four in that bracket. Okay. And then I have my Auburn bracket, which is my heart bracket, right? That's where yeah, I picked sure. them to win the whole thing. That's the so, I always do exactly. in Indiana. Yeah, then. so you gotta have you got to have the one team uh, right now. If Michigan State loses to Texas Tech and Auburn beats Virginia, I win my pool, and that is the and it's about twenty people in that pool. I have never 
ever won a, a bracket pool in all the years of that I've been doing March Madness. So I am ecstatic. I am pulling hard for Texas Tech. I'm pulling hard for a Texas Tech-Auburn matchup in the okay, finals. Okay, so is, is Texas Tech – I thought they were playing Virginia. No, they're playing Michigan State. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, so that's why that's... it's interesting matchups because you got a, so a run-and-gun team yeah, with Michigan okay. State and right. a staunch defensive team in Texas Tech. Same thing with Virginia's really, really efficient uh, in defense and offense. Really, uh, they have a pack line defense, which is really, really tough for perimeter shooters. That's what Auburn does. So they're very intriguing matchups, and we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm predicting a, an Auburn Texas Tech finals with an Auburn championship. Well, I knew we weren't going to have a bracket at the radio station this year. We, we just don't do that at, at Salem Media. But uh, when I was at the other radio station. Uh, we did it for about seven years, and I won it five years wow. out of the See? seven. I, I, besides baseball, college basketball is is the game I love. Yeah, I, I I'm love. from Indiana, folks. Well, I, yes, is, you are. You are from the basketball state. That's exactly right. You know, I think for me, like I said, I've never – I love basketball. When I grew up, it was actually kind of funny. I was a big North Carolina basketball fan but a big Auburn football fan because Auburn just didn't have a basketball Hate program. Hate the really Hills. didn't. Yeah, and so – When they took Montrose from Indiana, <laughs> that was it for me. Well, I so I've always been big on football basketball has been a lot of fun this year and i will say this never in a million years did i think auburn basketball would win me a bracket pull in march madness and it's and i'm on the verge of it happening That's and that cool. would just be something that well, good for you would be pretty crazy good for you so, war eagle all right i'll see you next uh, thursday we'll talk about sanctuary cities at that point we'll take a break for a week and uh, get the session out of the way what do you say that sounds good i should also say woo pig silly right so no yeah. one so not everyone hates me that's right, right. <laughs> more more coming your way uh here in the next hour on the dave ellswick show hey we're back at the uh capitol and uh, here in the 3 o'clock hour, I've asked uh, Kenny to join us. And uh, Kenny Wallace, he, you'll see him here uh, if you come to the Capitol uh, in a lot of the committee rooms, uh, you know, shooting video of the, uh, the meetings. And you go, well, they, they, you can go online and get that uh, from, you know, the state capitol, too, or from, the, you know, the websites. And, and that's true. However, with with Kenny, uh, it's right out there on Facebook. You don't. It's not real hard. I'm going to just tell you what. They, this is one thing I've been disappointed this uh, year uh, in covering uh, the uh, the General Assembly. By now, we this building here should be well into the 21st century, as far as uh, doing things with as as far as doing things with uh, streaming and. Being able to use your cell phone and getting on to the uh, uh, the 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 Capitol uh, website, the Ar- uh, you know the Arkansas government uh, website, and it's not. And I understand that there's some difficulty in this marble piece of marble that is called our our state capital, but. They've got to work with that and get it where this place is not so difficult to do things in. It uh, it undermines a lot. I mean, we we're already making plans to make sure that we have a uh, our own line here next year uh, that we can hook into. Yeah, you it's, know? it's been a problem for years. They just now allowed live streaming in the in the Senate. 
uh, they set it up there. Um, and so, you know, the Mac building has, didn't have live streaming for a while. Uh, House Rules uh, didn't have live streaming earlier today. Fortunately, there was a there was an attempt to do vaping tax bill there, a House version of it, and it, but it wasn't introduced. It wasn't brought up, and so it was just a little procedure bill that was done. Yeah, what's interesting, you know, Kenny, is you watch, look, they're supposed to, they've got special Wi-Fi for the House and the Senate to try to circumvent around all of this marble, and they still have problems. I've watched them trying, that's the way they read the bills now. In the Senate, in the House, they don't have to be looking at the paper bills. They can look at them right there on their laptop, except when it's not working. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, there's been bad Wi-Fi here. I've had some issues live streaming before. Uh, other people have as well. But uh, we have. We've been we've been trying to be able to be on our my, my uh, Facebook account every day so people can watch what's going on here and... We've not been able to do it. We have tried every which way to do it. The only way that we figure we can give people to know that there's a 100% chance that when they uh, turn on to the, uh, to the, to the, my Facebook page and s- to see us broadcasting from here was to have our own line out of here. And that's what we'll have next year. We were going to try to use one of the lines that come out of the uh, agencies here in uh, uh, the capital, but Homeland Security said we could not. <laughs> Federal government, because it gave us an in into the uh, the system that they use here, and that was a no-no. So we just gave up because it was. I know it was irritating to me. I'm sure it was irritating to the people trying to watch us on uh, Facebook. They'd be watching, and all of a sudden, cut off. It would cut off or garble, and you or garble all over. You couldn't hear anything that was going on. So instead of irritating people, we're just uh, we decided that we would punt and that we were going to uh, make sure in two years that it's absolutely clean when we come here. So just know that's happening. Whenever we're in studio, we don't have problems with it. It runs good. In fact, uh, I understand uh, if if uh, I heard correctly that we're going to have a hard line in my studio as well, just so that that is going to be uh, a non-problem there as well. So just just know that we're working it. People like Kenny are working it. Everybody's trying to work around a, a system that really is not 100% solid. Just exactly. the way it is. And, uh, you know, I'm live streaming and YouTubing from my own account, uh, uh, from my Facebook page, and then the YouTube account, Keep Arkansas Legal. Uh, I just got work uh, thanks to Chrome and some other, and my own portable Wi-Fi, I'm able to live stream a little bit. Okay, uh, so of course, you can only hear me. You can't hear what else is on the radio. So it's kind of a mixed bag of what you can do. Uh, of course, the, the big things that we came here to talk about and what I was here for Sanctuary earlier. Sanctuary City. Exactly, exactly. SB 411 uh, by Gary Stubblefield. Uh, Congratulations we- to the senator, though, to get that through the Senate committee. Yes, these Senate committees are very difficult. It needs five votes in order to pass or pass my voice vote, and it was able to do that. I think there was only one audible no, and I, 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 I can't remember if it was... I think if it was either Letting or Ingram, I honestly couldn't tell. Um, 
but it got... There wasn't wasn't a a roll call, there was there? No, there was not a roll call, um, which is kind of good because it... But anyway, because uh, I wasn't quite sure, but I, we had a lot of testimony for and against the bill. Uh, you can see the tr- you can track this bill uh, SB four one one as it has uh, now. It goes to the full Senate. It's also supposed to be an Arkansas House uh, Committee on City, County, and Government Affairs tomorrow at nine a.m. Uh, I assume they will allow testimony from people there. I plan to be there tomorrow. Okay, so let me hold you right there. Now you talked to Stephen Meeks, correct? I did. All right. That bill cannot be heard in a House committee if it has not passed on the Senate floor. Is that not correct? Right. right. So he was thinking it, it might be Monday at the soonest. Okay. Or maybe was, even Tuesday, I think. Because everybody it's, was saying it's going on into the committee in the House and hadn't been voted on in the Senate. Senate floor, and I was hearing yeah, the Senate so, would be tomorrow. And I, and I don't think it actually can get to the Senate today. So it's probably going to have to go to the Senate tomorrow. And then, then after it goes to the Senate tomorrow, then it can go to the House on Monday, Monday committee, and then and then the full House on so either on Monday Tuesday. or Tuesday. Well, it could go on Tuesday. It's, what twenty four hours, isn't it? Yeah. After yeah. it passes a, a committee, it has to wait for twenty four hours. Okay, yeah, I, I guess that's the rule. Then they, this is this they, is the parliamentary be, procedure that we be, talk about all the time. They may be suspending the rules right now, so I don't know. They were they were hearing they, bills. They suspended the rules. They were hearing some bills yesterday in committee. I, I think that were not even on the agenda yet. Okay. Yeah, I have heard that before. That's kind of why we're. That's one why reason I went down to the. Um, House rules to make sure the e-cigarette tax, the House version of it, didn't get heard, and I even asked the chair. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a. Um, but if Stephen Meek says that it's SB five one one, they're reading, they're reading things right this now, right here. guys. People can't hear you read. Sorry. Income so tax. there's SB five seventy one by Jim Hendren. Is it looks like an e-cigarette tax? Is, is this the one you were talking about? No, there was a House version of it, okay. uh, HB, I think, 1771. The, okay. the vaping people talked to me about it. I live-streamed the, the committee there, uh, but they did not hear the bill, and so I assume it's not up at all. Um, regarding the SB uh, 411, uh, I assume you're correct, and it will be heard in the full Senate floor tomorrow, on Friday, when they the convene at 11 a.m. Uh, public con- public's not allowed to comment, but you can watch in the gallery or in the live stream. And then Monday, it, it should be in that House committee uh, whenever they meet, and people, I assume, will be allowed to testify then again. Uh, we do need people to show up when these bills are being done. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of activists there, and I, I have video of each of the, of the things that they said. Uh, oh, please tell us that somebody actually said in that meeting that coming into the United States illegally was no different than getting caught speeding. You are correct, and I've posted the video of that. I posted my own testimony where I talked about a lot of the the effects of illegal immigration in general on the national and state and local level. Uh, nationally, uh, oftentimes, some of the sometimes the excuses are brought up, and they were brought up again, that this is a federal issue. Well, I pointed out that the federal government failed to secure the border in the 86-87 amnesty. Uh, so, I mean, they basically have, have forfeited that issue and forced it upon the states to have to deal with. Um, on a state level, I brought up a lot of uh, examples of how illegal immigration has hurt us. I brought up the story of Sabine Duran, who lives in Arkansas, whose son was killed by an illegal alien from Guatemala. She she actually came here legally from Germany. Um, and then I talked about the shootout that occurred with a police officer uh, nearly killed was nearly killed in Northwest Arkansas by an illegal alien. I talked about the documentary Meth Storm USA, uh, where at the beginning of it is an illegal alien smuggling meth and from. And, you know what they call Mexican ice in 
Uh, and then I talked about on a personal level how there's a there's a house that's been busted several times, at least four times, of course, in several years. It's less than a mile from where I live, and uh, the walking distance of Eden Hills Elementary. But after I test, I believe it's the one after I testified. Actually, no, it's the one after that. It's the one after Wayne testified. There was a young girl who said that she's that she basically equated legal immigrants with illegal aliens, and that's kind of been their mantra. And then Wayne testified about some of the issues regarding Donald Trump and and uh, the federal issues. And then the lady that spoke on afterwards, I think she was the last one. She's the one who got up and said, look, I litter and I speed and I break the law. And then, and then she was asked to clarify this basically about Gary Stubblefield uh, because she, she, the, the senators are allowed to ask questions. And he asked her, Does a, is a country allowed to have laws? And she basically she sort of said yes, but in a way where she said it doesn't really matter. And that's really their attitude when it gets onto it. They are for open borders. They, are, they do not care what, how much harm is caused by illegal immigration, how many, you know, disease outbreaks occur, how many crimes occur, uh, the, the crack, uh, cocaine, uh, heroin, fentanyl epidemics that occur, they don't care. They want uh, they want this nation to be able to just allow as many caravans in uh, as possible. Um, and it really is sad because... Uh, it, you know, it has harmed us. I, ta- I did mention the Kate Steinle case, uh, where sanctuary policies were what got that woman killed. It wasn't just illegal immigration in general, which is bad enough. It was the, the policies that allowed individuals. But to- he was shooting at a dolphin. Yeah, with a, with an evil gun, and of course, <laughs> they, they oftentimes they don't mention that the, the gun was stolen from a, a government official. Uh, so yeah, those, those gun free policies didn't work in San Francisco. That's what that's where that occurred. And yes. of course, they've had sanctuary city Down policy for a while. Pedero. And what's even worse, and I, and I don't remember if I mentioned or not, but uh, they sentenced him, and I think they only charged him with like a few months for discharging the firearm. They, they basically acquitted him of the murder charge yes. because they wanted San Francisco wanted to make a statement regarding Trump. And, and, and that's kind of an issue that I've talked about now is that these people do not care about what harm happens to citizens. Uh, they talked about how Little Rock, they claim that no city's actually um, promoting sanctuary cities. Little Rock has been doing it for at least three years. I talked about how Mayor Stodola was doing that. Yeah. I've been yelling about it forever. Yeah, they've been issuing IDs to illegals. They've been uh, yes. giving them a pass on multiple crimes. Uh, North Little Rock had the, the Guatemalan consulate, and I videotaped that, where they the Guatemalan consulate was allowed to give IDs to, to their illegal aliens. Um, and so they, they, there's a lot of cities that aren't officially calling themselves a sanctuary city, but in reality, they're, they're initiating the same policies. That's kind of one I was one to ask regarding Asa and J.R. Davison, who's here earlier. I think, uh, you know, what it, even though they don't officially announce, they do policies that have the same effect. And I, what I worry is about is one day, you know, some kid's going to overdose on Mexican ice or somebody's going to get run over, uh, somebody's going to get shot, and they're going to have, you know, in-state tuition, and they're going to have an, an ID because they were helped and allowed to do banking with, you know, Bank of America with, thanks to the matricula card. And these sanctuary policies are going to have the same effect in terms of helping crime. Well, not, and I'll give credit to the uh, the legislature. A lot of people who two years ago uh, would not have voted for that uh, SB four eleven, correct? Uh, would not have voted because they didn't see it was as a problem. Now see it as a problem. Exactly. We a lot of things on a national issue of affected. Of course, the chaos that's along the border. Uh, uh, the Mexico is not actually a country; it is a narco state. 
Uh, El Chapo even admitted in his court testimony that he basically bought off the, the Mexican president. Uh, and, and it seems like the rest of the politicians there are the same way. They're, they're basically puppets of the – they've allowed the Mexican cartels to, to take over the country, unlike Colombia, which eventually did fight against it. If you watch the TV series Narcos and Narcos Mexico, you can kind of see – they really do kind of illustrate what happened. Uh, you know, Colombia had Hispanic leaders like Lorca and uh, General Serrano and others who, who risked their lives, some of them lost their lives in fighting against the cartels. They ignored the, the, the fake charity done by these cartels. Um, who often buy off soccer fields and everything else to try to you know win the public, and they just set up and said, "No, we're we're going to take our country back." And now Colombia is actually a place where Venezuelans are actually fleeing to because they've actually at least made some efforts to reform. But Mexico, their their political leadership is this nothing but cowards, along with their media outlets, you know, Telemundo and Univision. Jorge Ramos, he's been nothing but a coward on the issue of Mexican corruption. I mean, it's it's taken you know Venezuela to be almost a, a place of cannibalism for him to even challenge the president there, and then it's right back to, you know, uh, leave the borders open. And same thing with LULAC, La Raza, our Americans United, which which was the illegal alien group that testified today. I pointed out the fact that when there was an issue regarding um, Club Troy that was busted down in Little Rock, you know, they often talk about, well, we need to have these sanctuary policies so we can have a relation with a community. Well, Club Troy was busted last year. I don't know if it's Troy or Troy's, but it, uh, there were 12 illegals there, and they were busted in part because of an investigation calling underage kids getting liquor. And, and um, I don't know. Usually when that's involved, there's usually things like drugs. There's oftentimes prostitution. There's oftentimes all kinds of other crime that goes along with that. Um but Americans United didn't seem unconcerned about you know what was being done to the community, and they were only concerned about what was the status of the illegal aliens. And they they made the same comments that they always do that it's just, it's a civil right to be here, and 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 this is no, racial profiling, and, and and I mean it's just the same stupid excuses you hear over and over and over again. And the American people were sick of it years ago. Um, they were sick of it uh, when they voted in Trump. They've been sick of it for you know years and decades now. Uh, and states have started to rise up and say no to this. And, and I think Arkansas is in the in the you know running to do that in a big way, uh, especially now and then possibly in 2020 uh, when the race is coming up. Uh, sports the the Republican primary is going to be a big point where we need to vote out some of these people like Dan Douglas and others who have basically sold out to the illegal alien lobby. Big education, Tyson Foods, the Chamber of Commerce, these 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 leftist liberal Hispanic activist groups like LULAC, La Raza, Americas United, uh, and these fake Christian organizations like the Unitarian Church and others who basically support illegal immigration and do not care how much harm is done. Uh, I think the people of Arkansas are going to fight and rise up and hopefully primary some of these do- folks that have been pushing for this and say, we don't want this here. All right, let's get a break. It's 323 on a Thursday. It's our last day to be at the Capitol this week. Uh, we'll be back in studio tomorrow. Uh, don't forget about my very good friend, uh, insurance agent Dwayne Smith over in Sherwood. He owns the uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. It's an all-state agency. They have, um, you know, all of the necessary uh, types of uh, of contracts and uh, insurance policies that protect you from Mr. Mayhem. You need to know that. Here's what Dwayne would like you to do. Call them at 501-819-0373 and set up an appointment. That's 501-819-0373. Then come to their offices at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood and uh, make an appointment. 
uh, to um, bring your insurance policy with you and to uh, take a look and let them look at your insurance policy, look at what they offer, and see how much money that they can save you. They can show you that in real time, all right? They can do that for you. So call 501-819-0373 and then go to 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood and Dwayne Smith and his professionals will help you save some real money uh, on car insurance, home insurance, you know, uh, boats insurance, motorcycle insurance, everything you can insure at your home. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency in Sherwood. All right, we've got about a minute left here in this half hour. My thanks to uh, Kenny Wallace uh, for joining us today to talk about SB 411. It passed today. This is about not allowing sanctuary cities in the state of Arkansas. It got out of the committee in the Senate. It will go to the floor of the Senate tomorrow morning. They, uh, they start their typical uh, sessions at 1 o'clock. So uh, yes. that's usually what happened. Now, yeah. tomorrow may be a little earlier since it's Friday, 11, 11, o'clock, 11 o'clock okay. tomorrow. So if you're interested, sit in the gallery and see what happens. Uh, be here, I would say, by about 1030, quarter till, so you guarantee yourself a seat. Well, sometimes it's also hard to find parking. So it's, it's, Yeah, but the, the big thing, it's packed. Many times Some, up in the gallery. Sometimes it will be. So keep keep that in mind. And this may be one of those where you've got all of the history. Uh, and uh, we're here. Uh, Senator Joyce Elliott, after a vote is taken here in just a moment, will join us here on the show. And and she uh, is running a, a FOIA bill. Yeah, she's got something that's, uh, that she, makes schools abide by FOIA. Apparently. I don't know exactly what it does. Hopefully she can kind of explain it to us, but apparently it's a bill to make schools comply with FOIA. That sounds like a pretty good idea. It sounds almost like it's an, a, a no-brainer. Of course schools would have, would be you know doing what they're supposed to do with FOIA. Well, but, maybe not so much. So I wonder what happens right now if I was to go to a local school and say, hey, you know, I want to see the curriculum that you're teaching these kids with my tax dollars. Can I can I get a copy of all of the curriculum that you're teaching? I bet they won't give it to me. No, that if you file the FOIA, they're supposed to. Now, if they whether they do or they don't is the question. Whether or not they would, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the the big question well, on all. And they, this. they may have figured out a way to exempt themselves with a loophole by saying, "Well, this is copyrighted information; we can't give it to you." I you know, doubt that that would be uh, legal because they can tell you the title of the books or the uh, the magazines or the op-eds or whatever. Of course, that it, may be, it may be one of these things that's not really a book. It may be sort of a, a computer subscription thing that that you have to buy. Well, they should be able to tell you, you know, or how least, you can get it. Or at least, got, I think I should have access to it. I mean, you know, give me a code what's, or, or something. What's going on let as me, far as that's concerned? Let me get on their computer. I think I should be able to have access and not have to just pay out tons of money just to be able to see what they're using my I mean, tax dollars. I, something that people need to be aware of is that it's not like when uh, we went to school, even when Paul, if he had gone to public school. I went to public school for a little while. Okay, that they, he went to school. And they were starting to teach and, the socialism and, stuff. But here's the key, studies. though. They, they had books. We did have books. Now they don't have books for the most part. Really? It's all done on, on a tablet. Yeah. Well, we did if have If you want to know what's going on, you better take the tablet from your kid and take a look at what it yeah. is that they're presenting to them. 
because that that's the the whole the whole uh, you know future of that is uh, is going the way of the dodo bird. You know all the stuff that we use mm-hmm. now. You don't use books for the most part. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so that's interesting. But yeah, I, even even when I was in school for the little bit that I did go, we did have books, but we also I, they had social studies, which is I think sort of a liberalization of the of of, of history. And, and geography and everything I, else. I think, I think that kind of tends to be that sort of thing. I also recall there was kind of an environmental thing they had going on. Um, that was in fourth grade. And um, i trying to remember what else that I can remember. I was, I was pretty young. It was a lot of years ago at this point. Yeah, but, I know it's a lot but, of years um, and ago. One of the things is that when you're a little kid, you don't know when you're being fed propaganda. Well, of course not. Your teacher is the person, the purveyor of, of truth and facts. Yeah, unfortunately, that's, that's, that's the way it's that's, supposed to be. And here's the, pr- the other problem with it. Most parents think of the teachers that way as right. well. And I, I think I can even remember contradicting my parents because of what the teacher said. Yeah. Which is, um, I, that might have been one of the encouragements for them to take me out of public school. <laughs> but... Um, because you know, my parents grew up going to public school. You know, homeschooling was not a thing back forty or fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. It, nobody did it. Nobody thought about it really, for the most part. And so, most people didn't feel it was necessary. Well, I think it's. I mean, it was when I was in school. Is when you know, Madeline Murray O'Hare got prayer taken out of school. It was already there, and they continued with it for quite some time. Uh, it was, you know, history was uh, being taught as America uh, being the leader of the world and mm-hmm. things of that nature. All of that started changing when my children were in school. And I fought against it then. I, I got to believe there's still parents fighting against it even today, although I don't know how well it's going for them in that battle. Oh. I really don't. I don't know yeah. how well it's going for them. Mm-hmm. I just know I look at what's coming out of the colleges, and something better change fast, or it's um, well, we, you know we're we're all at a loss. We've got people, serious people, so so called intellectuals, that are giving serious credibility to um, people who who are confused about their gender. I mean, like as if this is a, a normal, realistic ideology. No, I'm going to change my gender. That's not normal. Well, they believe that it's the real deal yeah, that's, and that it can be done that way. I mean, they believe that. They teach it. That's intellectual garbage. Yeah, well, I mean, let's see. It, go back to it. That I'll just say that's how Paul and I feel about that, it. But I think that we're losing the battle. I think you're right, and that's that's the thing is the that you know one of the things that's kind of weird about about universities is that they give each other PhDs and they and they kind of establish their credentials by way of um, themselves pe- peer review <laughs> themselves. So 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 they basically have this system where they they review themselves, they review other people, and they determine whether or not these people are smart enough to have the credentials, and then they. They approve their credentials based upon peer review. No, that's not that's not a very good system 
know, in, in the real world, markets have a tendency to help us understand who is who is trustworthy and who is not, and 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 whether or not you can actually succeed in the real world. And so, you know, if I, if I want to learn to be a good engineer, probably the best way to do that is to go find a good, successful engineer who's built buildings or bridges or or, or, or automobiles or whatever it is that, that I'm wanting to learn how to build. The days find of the mentors uh, has gone a long way towards the dodo bird. I mean, you can go and and go and, and for instance, if you want to get into radio and television... Uh, you can go and, and work at a, a TV station mm-hmm. to gain experience uh, and get some hours towards your degree or whatever. And, uh, and, and that's, that's well and good. Uh, it, it might give you a feel for what real television is going to be like instead of what you've read out of a book or, right. or taught off of a syllabus by a professor because... What you're taught in the classroom and what you read in a broadcast book or magazine or off your laptop or whatever typically is not even close to, the real to world. what you're going to get in the real world. Right. And I think that's true in a lot of different professions with engineering and other things like that is that you go to school and you get your piece of paper to hang on the wall. Then you get get off, get out of school, and you go to work somewhere and you learn how to actually do the job. Well, it's like when... I, I, you know, I've been a program director at several different radio stations, and when I would get somebody's uh, resume in, the la- I, probably the last thing I looked at was their education. Right. Because I, ca- I could care less if they had a BA, a, a master's, or, or whatever. That didn't mean a hill of beans to me. How many radio stations had they worked at? What kind of radio stations were they? What did they do while they were at that radio station? What was their experience? That's the stuff. Could they do the job? That is what I was always looking at. Uh, and uh, as far as saying see? to somebody, well, you can't have this job because you don't have a, a college degree, I would have never thought yeah, of saying that to that's, anybody. That's kind of silly. I, I know a, a fella that worked in You a- can't work here in, in this building in most of the uh, the jobs that they have. It doesn't matter. Can you do the job and do it well? Because they don't even won't even look at you if you don't have, have a, degree. A, a degree. Right, yeah, and that and that's sad. I, I know a, a fellow that was um, he was older at the time. He was probably fifty five or sixty or so. Uh, maybe not. Maybe may have been in his six. Maybe in his seventies even at that point. But he was he was working as the maintenance man or one of the maintenance men at a at a big foundry. I think it was, and. They got in a new piece of equipment. I think they their standard was they required a college degree to run the thing. The guy had an eighth, eighth grade education. He had to teach the college guys how to, how to run it. And um, But it's just kind of a slap in the face because the reality is that the college degree didn't help these kids to know how to run the no, thing. No, absolutely you, not. You have somebody who actually has hands-on experience with real life Well, stuff. here's, here's what I, the only thing that I'll say for a college education is that it showed that you could stick to something right. long enough mm-hmm. to get the degree. Right, and, and I think it's one of those... the requirements. It's, it, I think it may be one of those new ways to discriminate against people. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a way to weed people out. 
And it's, and, it's, and it's an excuse to say, you know, we don't want you to work for us. But then they can still go ahead and, and make exceptions if they want to, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. You, they can, they've done that here in government work. I'm, I'm try, was it Shane, uh, Shane Stacks that didn't have some of the, the things that they had? Shane Broadway. Not, not, or Broadway, Broadway, yeah. Not Shane Stacks. <laughs> yeah. Shane plays radio, not the same yeah. guy. But anyway, you know, Broadway... Who is a, a friend of mine? His credentials were different, than, and his than credentials was. weren't all weren't up to the snuff that they wanted. So they but they put it. him in the job anyway because he had been here at the Capitol uh, for a, a length of time that made him very valuable in that position. I didn't have any problem with him getting the gig. Didn't have any. Some people did. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I I really didn't. I think Johnny Key didn't have all of the. Uh, specifics yeah. well, that like they needed in Arkansas. Just about anybody can be a legislator, but you know, even if you've been a legislator for ten years, you still can't practice a, practice as an attorney. You can pass laws, you can literally write laws, but you can't well, go back and really actually don't defend write something. laws. The people of the Bureau, well, Bureau, Bureau of Legislation take care of legislative all of that research for you, well, and, and you got to go back and read them to make sure that they didn't their particular ideology hasn't made its way into your and, your and particular that, piece well, of that, legislation. I think that's a reality as well because some of the some of the people in the Bureau will kind of will push the envelope a little. Yeah, bit. they sure will. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. About fourteen minutes till four o'clock. Four o'clock. We've got, believe it or not, Brenda and Joe. From uh, Conduit News are here at the Capitol today, and uh, I've talked them into coming in and sitting down with us and and talking about what's going uh, going on. I know that Joe was testifying today about school choice, so mm-hmm. we'll talk to him about about that. And we've had some we've had some real uh, uh, fun stuff going on right now. Although I'm looking around, it looks like a lot of the lobbyists have vacated the premises. So the uh, Dave Ellswick Show, we are live on the third floor of uh, the house side of the Capitol. We'll be back with more in a moment right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, just uh, seeing that the house has uh, adjourned. I don't know whether they're on just a break or if they are going to do more work. I saw Josh Miller. Josh said that he, had, he had some stuff that he still had to do before he... Headed back to Heber. Of course, they they're meeting tomorrow, so he may be staying here because he's got work to do tomorrow. But I just told him to have a good weekend. We won't be here tomorrow because these folks will be meeting early in the morning tomorrow, and will you know be done we'll well see. before we get here. We'll see what the calendar looks which like. Which means there'll be very little for us to report on. To be honest, uh, the uh, internet sales tax just passed. Did it. But with that said, let me also say that the corporate uh, sales uh, tax okay, cut passed as well. So that was part of it. That's, yeah, that's the way. That's the reason I think. You know, I think that's the only re- way that uh, you know that uh, Hester would have jumped in and been and been part of all of this. It's it's tough. Steve, sit down for just a second. Yeah, Stephen Meeks here. Let me. I, I got to ask him, Stephen. The the uh, Internet sales tax just passed. I heard. I heard uh, sixty sixty eight votes. Sixty eight. Right. That's what I heard. With that said, see, I can say it that way. Man, the internet sales tax passed. But then I can also say it this way. Guess what? The corporate sales tax cut passed, passed today. Yep. All right. See, they put 
This is the way it works sometimes. Yes. They put two things together. One, you in 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 your wildest dreams, you would never support. Yep. But the other being, my God, we got to get that through. Right. So I got to vote for that. So that means I got to vote for this. Right. And that's what happened today. That that is how it happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I've always been a no on the internet sales tax. Um, the reason why I've always been against that, even though the, the people that support the what we're doing in the bill, they are correct. When you buy something online, yeah, technically yeah. you're responsible for the blah, blah. My I had that talk with the J.R. Davis today right. already. My, <laughs> we, we, then, then to use a, a spring uh, cliche, we won't till over uh, mm-hmm. tilled ground. Yeah. Uh, my, my objection has been more of a philosophical objection. When you're dealing with purchases made out of state, that is interstate commerce. That's, that's something correct. that Congress should be dealing with, not us on the state that's level. That's correct. And so that's been my primary opposition to the bill. And, you know, at some point, uh, yeah, obviously I, I support the idea of a corporate income tax cut. But, you know, at, at what point does the poison become so much that you say no? You know, for example, if I bring you a batch of brownies and I say, eh, you know, it, it's mostly good, but there's a few bad things. It's got a little bit of cyanide yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. A little I, I, bit of cat poop or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, um, How much? I mean, yeah, exactly. Where do you draw the line at? See, yeah. I... And, you know, I, that, I think I would have voted against it mm-hmm. only because they weren't putting in the corporate sales tax cut until 2025. Right. Well, oh, really? Yeah. That's how it, far out it yeah. is? Wow. Well, and part of the reason is we don't know how much money is going to come in from this income, this internet sales tax, because obviously Correct. the state of Arkansas can't force somebody who's in Michigan to pay our sales tax. And so it's going to take time to get that up and running and get the people in other states to realize they've got to send us sales tax. And if they don't, obviously, we have no authority to force them to do that. I and agree. so, again, it's a federal issue, and it really should be handled by Congress. Well, and not as I listened to Jr. talk today. Mm-hmm. He, he, he named, you know, Amazon, mm-hmm. Walmart, mm-hmm. Alibaba. And all these big boys right. will we'll at least get the tax out of them. Because right. I think he agreed with me when I said, how are you going to make a, a business right. in Michigan pay Arkansas? Right. You can't do it. No. no. And I know some of the states have compacts to uh, try to work on this. But, again, it goes back to even with compacts, are, are we going to count on Michigan or Iowa or Indiana or whoever to force one of their businesses to pay our sales tax? Don't count on and, Indiana to do that. And vice versa. Are, are, <laughs> are, are we going to try to use our government to force an Arkansas business to pay somebody else's sales tax? Yeah. And so it's, it's problematic at, at best. And, you know. All right, so let's talk about something else. SB 411 passed today out of Senate committee. Mm-hmm. Now, it is. Now I heard that the rules have been dropped right now. Is that mm-hmm. right? I have no idea what they're doing down in the Senate. Okay, but that would be how about in the House? Is, are the rules, have the rules um, been put to the side? Um, the only rule that we suspended is when we came into session, there's a House rule that said items had to be on the calendar for two days before we voted on them. We suspended that rule, and now they have to be on the calendar at least one day. So, for example, we passed bills out of the, one of my committees today. They'll be heard on the floor tomorrow. Okay, but you guys don't hear a Senate bill until it's been voted on on the floor of the Senate, right? Correct. Noel. 
Correct. Yeah. So it goes through Senate committee, Senate floor, comes down to our end through the House committee, and then the House floor. All right. So Senate Bill 411, I think I heard that Brent Smith is the co-sponsor on the House side. Mm-hmm. He can't run that until the Senate has voted on it as a body, correct? Correct, theoretically. So if it passed out today, as I understand their rules, what should happen is uh, it'll they'll vote on the floor tomorrow. Right. It'll come down to the House on Monday, be assigned to committee. Depending on what committee it goes to, it could be addressed either Monday or Tuesday in that committee, and then it would come to the House floor the next day. Uh, rumor so- is right now Wednesday is going to be our last day, so... Wow. It'll be tight. We're talking literally that because we got the reorganization plan still to be voted on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things that could be coming to the razor's edge, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. You bet. You bet. I've got uh, a bill that I'm working for DIS that uh, was something they realized last minute that they needed to, to get taken care of. Brought it to committee. We passed it out today. It'll go to the floor of the House tomorrow. And uh, the uh committee chair down on the senate end is going to have to hold a special meeting just to handle this one item for them in order to be able to get it done this session so generally uh, we're, we're kind of to the point of the session if it's not something of great importance it's probably going to be too late for Are them. most of the committees now done uh my committee met for the last time today the i think the agriculture committee i think we're done we may have one or two senate concurrences things like that but as far as passing house bills uh we're done with house bills maybe a senate bill you know if they send us something late uh education we will meet on tuesday to handle i think one last senate bill is what the plan is now so we can handle that one tuesday and vote it up or down on the wednesday and you know Head for the house. The end is in sight, yes. I believe. Yep. Stephen, thanks for dropping by and, and talking with us. I see Brant Smith uh, in yep. the background. We may get him on before uh, at the beginning of the 4 o'clock hour just for a few seconds because he's going to be running uh, SB 411 on the house side. We'll talk to him. I'll talk to him during a break, see if we need to talk to him or not. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, final uh, live hour today from the uh, state capitol. Final live hour this week. We'll be back next week, Monday through when I'm here in Wednesday, but we might go Monday through Thursday. Who knows? We'll have to see how it all works out uh, for next week. But it looks like next week may be the final week that we will be here. We've been here from the beginning to the end. That's something to be said. And uh, in the next hour, uh, you'll get an hour of the Dave Ellswick Show, but you get a repeat of the hour we did with J.R. Davis. And you'll want to hear it. It's an interesting discussion with J.R. Davis today about a bill we're going to talk about in just a second with SB uh, 411. We also talked about, uh, oh, was it H, was it HB 16, the uh, illegal alien? 1684, in, I think. Yeah, in-state tuition and some <laughs> other things, as well as there is no state money going to pay Hillary Clinton to come and speak at the graduation of the uh, uh Arkansas Science and uh, Math School down in Hot Springs. Made sure he's. It was funny because Jr. looked at me and started laughing, Brian, because he says, "He says, you know, we've had quite a few questions about that because <laughs> everybody heard that she's so, coming. If she were to come, I think we ought to test her first <laughs> on her math and science. I agree. Uh, I I would agree with that. Uh, Representative Smith is with us. The reason that I brought him on to the uh, air today is that the um, SB 411 passed out of committee today. This is dealing with sanctuary cities, 
and uh, it went to the floor of the Senate today and has been passed by the floor. So now it heads to the House, and uh, uh, Representative Smith is going to run it. And I can't think of a better person to do this because two years ago, you ran almost the identical same bill, and everybody said, ah, oh, it's not necessary. Now we see all the crap that's going on on the borders and all the crazy stuff that's happening. And suddenly, and we're watching you know, Little Rock spend $180,000 on illegal IDs and all kinds of stuff. And suddenly people are going, hmm, maybe this would be a good idea. Well, and, and I agree with that. Uh, Gary and I, uh, Senator Stubblefield and I spoke today and uh, he was real excited that it moved off the House uh, Senate floor and uh, did ask me to run it. The, the issue right now is, and I just spoke with the chairman of city, county, and local, uh, the committee. and uh, Who's the chairman? Uh, Representative Lanny Fight. Okay. And uh, he said to me, Brant, we've got a few bills that are ahead of it. If it gets off the... If it gets on the calendar and is assigned to his committee, he said, I will make the best effort possible for you to run it tomorrow. So there's still a big if we can get it moved that far. But uh, I think at this point uh, there's so much information out on cities that have leaned so far and embraced the sanctuary status that uh, it's a no-brainer for the state of Arkansas to, to pass this bill and that then the governor would sign it into law because in every Gary was telling me that in every city where they have adopted the sanctuary policies their crime rates and uh, have gone sky high murder rates rapes uh, have just skyrocketed and so what may sound sensitive being sensitive to illegals that are here uh, trying to assimilate them into our, our our cities has backfired and we want to end this before that it even gets started here. Well, LULAC and La Raza and a lot of these other uh, pro-groups for illegals, there was one person that was talking from one of those groups, I don't know which one, uh, made the statement that coming to America illegally was no worse than getting a speeding ticket. Well, I disagree with that. And I think any, any law enforcement officer, especially ICE, after what they're dealing with and losing some support in various cities around the United States, we have demoralized these individuals that are serving the people of this great country. And it's time for us to say that's enough of that. We are not going to shift to an anti or to a sanctuary status where the people of this great state of Arkansas are put at risk for people from people that don't even belong here. Let them come in the right way. Right. Let them line up uh, like they should, and then they will experience with open arms the generosity and the compassion of the people of this great state. Okay, so can my uh, my listeners help you any? Should they call Lanny Fife and say you need to hear SB 411? They, they, they can. I hate to bomb his phone but what what we really need well at this point what i think we need to do is make sure that the house phone lines ring you know consistent uh, consistently until close of business uh, with the speaker's office so that they can record hey please 
make sure this bill gets heard in committee tomorrow because it kind of rests, and I don't want to dump on uh, Speaker Shepard, but it's kind of in his hands right now whether the bill moves forward or not because we are down to the wire. Yep, yeah, uh, just got a few days left. Right. Both of the committees I sat on have adjourned. We're not meeting again, state agencies as well as uh, 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 judiciary. So now we're down to the last remaining few that are still conducting business. All right. So uh, if you pass tomorrow out of committee, when would it be heard on the floor? It would probably be heard on the floor Monday, I would imagine. So that's why time is critical that we can move this forward. And and that was... uh, you know, I would have preferred that Senator Stubblefield maybe run this bill a little quicker, but I had to just back up and just say, you're in charge, you know. And uh, he told me today, he said, you know, I'm just trying to be obedient to to the Lord and also run bills that are I'm passionate about. So we both agree that, that timing is everything, and so maybe at this point uh, we can move it forward. Well, good luck, and uh, if it gets through committee tomorrow, we'll make sure that we get you on my show by phone. And, uh, you know, we won't pop any kind of, you know, bottle of bubbly yet, but once it gets to the, the House floor, we will. Chill it. Okay. But just hold off opening. Okay. Okay. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks Thank so you much, Representative. Much. Let's get a break in. Then we come back, and we've got Brenda, and we got Joe. Joe was here. I don't know where he went. Went around the corner. We'll see if we can get him back here and get him from the microphone. we got a lot to talk about today. Learn the little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. It's from David Lucas of uh, David Lucas Financial. Host of the David Lucas Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. David's a published author. You hear him on my show all the time. He knows what he's talking about. And this free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401Ks, Social Security benefits, and more. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. Be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. Let's take a break. Then Brenda and Joe are live, sitting right here with me on the third floor, house side of the Capitol. They'll join us when we return. All right, we are back with you live here in the state Capitol. And I got a couple friends of mine that were here. And since they are here in the, the Capitol City, I wanted to have them on. And then behind them, they've got their lawyer, just in case they say anything that people find defensive. Just just so you It's just a joke. Yes, Salem Radio, stand it's by. It's a joke. Stand it's a joke. With a button. Yeah, bottom. Yeah, we do. Russ has got the button. He's got the, he's got the atomic button back at the station. Brenda and Joe are here. It's good to have you guys here. It's fun to sit down and talk face-to-face. You know, yes. it really is. Uh, today, the... the um, Internet tax was approved. I thought that the way it was run gave some people hesitancy to vote against it because they didn't want to vote against the corporate sales tax, you know. Corporate tax cut. You know, the tax cut. I was talking to Stephen Meeks just before uh, 4 o'clock about that, and I said I still would have voted against it for the simple reason we're talking a tax that they were talking about not instituting until like 2025. 
Well, you know, it's important that we stay focused on the ball, and the ball is net-net, the people pay more or less. And what I heard two or three years ago when the, this came up, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 to $200 million the Internet tax was going to generate. Well, today, you're still not sure about now what are they saying, $400 million? No, they're saying $35 million. Or $39 million. Wow, all they really dropped it. Well, and one has to be a lie. Are they figuring that Alibaba is not going to collect taxes for us? Uh, you know, who knows? But it's whatever numbers make what they want to happen work. But I, thought, I, think. I thought the Senate, uh, the House sponsor had a good comment. He he said it was all a wag. He said that means wild-ass guess. <laughs> yeah, it sort of That's seemed like to me say. that he, he you know, as to how he? much it would, it would bring in. Yeah, yeah it was very, very... Sad the the corporate tax cuts go to corporate people like me. Sure, but the internet tax will be paid by everybody. everybody. So how is that a wash? Well, yeah. but corporate tax people have to understand. C corporations that is not necessarily the small business, not not necessarily a small business owner. Most of those in Arkansas are pass through entities like an LLC right, right. or an S corporation. These are for mostly the big companies. And they don't you, they don't pay the tax. You are an exception in the state that you've retained your C corporate status. Not to give away your legal you know info, but that's right. We're a giant. Yeah, <laughs> we're a giant. That's what I'm going to say, man. You're like rock. Rockefeller back in the day. Well, most, exactly. Most corporations don't actually, they, they manipulate their numbers so they don't actually pay the tax, don't they? Well, I'm wish. a tax lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> You're I don't, to I the don't lady. think manipulate is the key. Maybe, maybe but, not the right word, but, but, but a lot but of people I, will. I will say that brings up an issue because part of the sales point was oh, we're extending the net operating carry forward. Um, you know, federal, you can carry it back, carry it forward. Uh, the state of Arkansas would only let you carry forward a net operating loss five years as a, as a corporation. So now they're going to extend it in 10 years. So five years from now, you'll get another five years. And so it's part of that that they're using to say, hey, it's a tax cut. Well, when is it a tax cut? Oh, when that kicks in. Well, how will they? how are they evaluating? What the state will lose, or how much reduction it's there will wag. be. It's a wag. Seven years no, it's from now. It, no, definitely not. They're, they are predicting by that whatever number they put out there of businesses that will lose money. Yeah, they're predicting seven years from now. That, that's right. And, and businesses are doing well. Under and that's like a good Donald communist, Trump. isn't it? Like, well, Remember exactly how we used to make fun of communists for having five and ten-year plans, and now we're doing the exact same things. Tax lawyer, I mean, uh, in the tax world, who cares what you've got two or three years down the road? Taxes are evaluated this now. year, next year. Exactly. It's about now. Otherwise, the state wouldn't be starting to collect in July and October these tax increases, right? Yeah, yeah it, it, it was so bad in there. They kept repeating over and over these fake numbers, which tells the other legislators in the House that that's what we're going to tell your people. So you better be able to defend that, and they don't want to have to defend that because they don't know the numbers. And it's just a technique that they used to grow government All big right. time. So they got seven votes less than up here what they got 75 on the other day. And uh, that means that a few more conservatives decided to vote against this stuff. Uh, let me just name some names. Maybe you can remember the names. That, do you have the names of who, I, I who voted against? I, I do. We do. Um, I'm sure it was no Demo- it was a, no Democrats were involved in that. One, <laughs> Josh Hales. I'm just thinking. Do you know who it was? Chris Ritchie. Really? Is he thinking about moving over to the Republican Party? 
I'm, t- I'm sorry. I should. Well, I, I was very surprised that uh, of a few Republicans that voted for it. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like who? No, I, I like them so much that I'm not even going to repeat their name on this. Okay. Program. All right. Well, we can get the we can get the againers here, and then we can figure it out. Go ahead. Who would be, who are the ones that voted against this? Uh, okay. The against votes Beck. Okay. Which, very proud for that. Uh, Bro. Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Cooper, Davis, uh, and uh, Charlene Fight voted present, which, you know, I, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, Gates, um, Michelle, I'm sorry, Charlene didn't vote, her, uh, which is the same thing. Um, Gray voted present. Holcomb did not vote. Gene did not vote. Jet did not vote. Ladyman did not vote. Wow. Um, Lundstrom was a no vote. Very proud of that. She is my number one conservative. Uh, representative well, for this session. Your number two person, Mayberry. Yeah. Uh, Mayberry, she voted present. McCollum was a, uh, did not vote. McKenzie was a no vote. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the way she's voting. Uh, I'm, I'm ha- having a hard time reading the uh, one uh, Keller. What is that, Josh? Meeks was a non Meeks, okay. Does that say Meeks? No, Miller. Do- Miller. J- Josh spoke against the bill. Okay. And uh, the only one to, to really speak, Penzo, was a no. Good for him. Peyton did not vote. Richmond did not vote. Rushing did not vote. Rye was a no vote. Those are no votes when they don't vote. Correct. That's what everybody knows. Slap. Brent Smith is is uh, Brent. Is that a Brent Smith? No vote. He I mean, uh, he paired. That's right. He he and uh, Meeks and uh, Sullivan paired their votes, but they were no votes actually. Okay, so uh, they didn't apple the votes. They paired them. What correct. does that mean? Well, that means that somebody else can vote the opposite of you for you oh, because okay. you have to go to the bathroom or you're not going to oh, be I here. Got or and, and so okay. usually. Let me back up on Ladyman. He was actually a yes vote, but he wasn't there, and he paired one of his votes with a no vote. Okay. So he was actually a yes vote. Who was the other yes vote, Josh? We don't want to give anybody credit just because they didn't vote. I think Holcomb was a yes vote. John Payton. Holcomb was a was yes it vote. It wasn't John, was it? No. No. He was um, present, I think. Walker. Yeah, Walker was him. a no, and he's he's a not present. Let's see. To finish our no votes, um, Womack was a no vote. Wardlaw was a no vote. Mm-hmm. Vaught was a no vote. Tosh was a no vote. And, of course, I said Dan Sullivan was a no vote. Nelda Speaks was a no vote. Servillo, was he a yes paired with someone? Mm-hmm. Oh, or did yes. he not He not I'll, vote? I'll he, he is not, not voting. He wasn't there. Yeah, Brent okay. Smith was a no vote. He paired his vote. Okay. I'll tell you a guy right. you need to watch is Clint Penzo. Okay. He's going to be a good one. All right. It's been, I've, here's what's been fun, Joe, is that the people that are the real conservatives, those are the ones that show up on my show. They really are. They come you back. You to those people? I do. I love those people. Well, they'll show up at our rewards dinner, too, in July. So When you have that, let me know. I'll buy a ticket. I'll come to that. We'd love for you to. Deal. Want to be there for that because there's some of them that we owe we owe some things well, to. It's very Lundstrom, Smith. He's really been good. They've been fighting. Uh, nobody else does things like this that doesn't want something from them. Yeah, you know that's that was one of the things we we found very important that when we came here originally, you know, eight years ago, that there was nobody that said thank you for giving me nothing. Right. In two, we're trying to fill that void. 2013, we did our first Calvin Coolidge Awards dinner, and it was the same day that Paul Bookout 
resigned. And uh, it was kind of, you know, everybody, that was the buzz. But we were um, set apart in their eyes, according to what they, they told us, the legislators who were, won the awards, because no one was thanking them. And when I think back about who those people were, and it was mostly because of their opposing Medicaid expansion, mm-hmm. Jim Hendren, Cecile Bledsoe were the top of the list, and here they are now supporting it. All right. We'll be back with more. we got news. And when we get back from the news, we've got more here from the third floor of the House site. All right. Back for the last 25 minutes of live broadcast, you'll get a repeat of the 2 o'clock interview I did with JR. Uh, I will tell you that the first 25 minutes we talked about what's happening over the weekend, I couldn't refuse talking about basketball so we talked some basketball but in that last 25 minutes you'll want to hear it because we talked about sb 411 sanctuary cities we talked about uh paying money uh for um, illegal aliens to get in-state tuition and a whole lot of other things about did hillary is hillary clinton you getting any state money to come here and speak uh in hot springs in may she's going to be down at the uh science and uh, math uh, school speaking there 25th anniversary so uh, we found out that that's all private money that's bringing her in make me think about twice about whether i want to send my kid there or not but the bottom line is that that's who they're bringing in as the guest speaker yeah i've heard good things about that school i've heard good things about learning there but it makes me wonder what exactly they teach outside of what they're exactly. supposed to be teaching exactly it makes me makes me wonder very strongly to be honest can, can you be good at math and be a socialist a socialist at the same time uh yes you can be can you you can be you can be good at math oh, that's right you can just dis you can completely ignore math mm. if you want to be a socialist and well maybe maybe they're good at math they're just terribly corrupt yeah that can also that, be possible i vote for b b yeah corruption corruption right. rules and everything don't you know that well that that is that is we have seen quite a bit of it here in the state of well, because you know sometimes i want to give some of these people on the left the benefit of the doubt they're just stupid as as opposed to people who, AOC comes who, to mind. Well, and I, I think she well, might. We've got be. our fair share on our side. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're I right. just saw some of them talking in the house. Well, right. I think. I think you're right. So I, I want to give some people the benefit of the doubt. They're just. They're just not thinking clearly. Other people, they're just corrupt and they're wicked, evil people. They have evil intentions. They're just selfish. They're trying to make money. But I think there are some who want to do what's right. They just don't know what's right. Well, here, here's the key. Now, as you know. I carry around with me in my inside pocket of my coat this little book. Mm. That's right here. And I think Joe's got a copy of it. I have got one in Spanish as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But we've got it. We've got it covered. Here's the key. If what you're doing doesn't follow under the auspices of what's in this book, you shouldn't be doing it. So the Arkansas Republican... Um, party platform. That's exactly is, right. Are but, you following but, the platform or aren't you? Are there more than about five or six that are really kind of dedicated to it? Yeah, no, there's a lot of them. There's a, there's still a lot that are dedicated to it. I heard the, the lieutenant governor say something the other day when we were talking about school choice and the old Supreme Court uh, uh, office here in the Capitol, and he made the statement about school choice. He made a statement about it, and he says, and if you don't believe that, it's on page such and such of, <laughs> of the uh, Republican platform. Now, that's the guy I want in the governor's office. It is, he, but, but you got to be careful in that. Dan Douglas mm-hmm. just 
recited something out of the Republican platform. Yeah. But it, it's like the Bible. You can use a very small piece of it to say just about anything you want or to use against Christians. Uh-huh. The, so you got to watch that with the Republican platform. But it's not very long, and no, it's online. It's I'm, I'm putting together a new opening for the show, and the new opening is, what does Dave Ellswick really believe in? And it's going to say this. The power of faith in God, the sanctity of life, individual responsibility, and it's going to be those 12 points that are in the very beginning of the Republican platform. Is that legal? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to find out. <laughs> uh, let me defend, you might get your second, let um, me defend what uh, Dan Douglas said on the floor a few minutes ago as they passed the Internet sales tax. Um, he, he quoted the Republican platform, the last section, and he said, and the Republican platform says at the very bottom that there's to be a fair application of the law for all. And the way that Dan wanted that body to apply it was to tax more people because these people are being taxed. We need to tax the car wash people and we need to, to t- tax the internet and we need to make a fair application of the law. We know that that's what the Republican platform says. It says reduce taxes three different places. I do not think that that intent was to tax everyone as much as we're taxing the, no. the most of these. Right. I mean, so, come so, on, ba- so, really? So basically, I'm, I'm complaining because my neighbor is hitting me and my brother on the head every day, and it's just not fair because he's not hitting my sister. And so my, my, it's just not fair. So my neighbor, I'm complaining, my neighbor needs to start hitting my sister as well. Well, now, my kids used to use that argument. It was, you know, if you spank me, you have to spank him, too. So, Uh you know, maybe. But, but yes, point taken. We're all born socialists. And so the thing is, you know, I don't like being hit on the head every day. And my brother doesn't like being hit on the head every day. But we're not so stupid that we want to add more people to the list. Here's here's my, my rule of thumb when you're looking at a law that's being presented. Does it advance freedom or doesn't it? If it does not, it shouldn't even be heard. Period. Anything that gives government more power takes freedom away from the people. That's right. I mean, that's the nature. As government grows, freedom lessens. Thomas Jefferson. We at Conduit will put out a list soon, and Josh sent us a, a short version of that this morning, of the taxes that have been passed in this session. It is staggering. We haven't put a number to it yet, but we will have, and our number will be current numbers. I don't care what happens. In t- you know, the first, one of the first no, acts... You're not- Added on 2025. I mean, one of the one of the first actions of this governor was to come in and try to rid get rid of the uh, capital gains cut, and so I know that these taxes that have you know the future tax cuts can be ended next session. Yeah. So why why would they why would they worry? They got more money this last month. Than they've ever gotten in a month from us as far as taxes go. And speaking of corporate taxes, up $84 million. I mean, you know. And uh, what do they need more of? So corporate taxes are up $84 For the million. children, Dave. For the for children. children. Oh, so they, can, so they can run these socialist indoctrination centers for the, de- for, for, for the campaigning for the Democrat Party. That's right. And, and the highways are crumbling. Yeah, Every single one of them. It. And there's no money to pay for it. But I will say 67167 is done. Is it? Yes, it is. I haven't Thank been up that God. way in a while. 
Thank you, Jesus. I gotta tell you, I'm so glad that that's done. It's finished. I've been, oh, I'm sure it needs redone by now. Surely. I would say next year they'll start again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the putting, orange barrels they're, will appear. Again. They're putting the overhead signs up in northwest Arkansas on the new 49 that oh, they man. just widened. Now they're putting the signs that they've got to be a million dollars a piece or more. Instead of this big sign on the side that says, get off here if you want to go to the university. Right. They're putting the they, structures that go all the way across over the road. The road. Uh, oh, it's so neat. They've got so much money, they don't know how to spend it. And they're paying. But are they doing it like Obama did it? Are they saying, your tax dollars bought this? You know, I haven't seen that I see those lately. signs around. Maybe that's I, I've seen them, but I, I know what you're talking about, they're, but I haven't seen they're, that. They're annoying. Another shovel-ready job. Uh, they're, think, they're annoying <laughs> and insulting. I mean, these guys are emboldened down here now. Let's face it. I mean, the, the the Republicans are emboldened to do whatever they want to do to invest in their own futures. I mean, they're not listening to the people anymore because they don't have to. They're going to get elected no matter what. It's it, that's I think that's their attitude. It's unfortunate. We were in a school choice committee meeting uh, this morning, and it was interesting to hear. Well, we can't allow three million dollars as a tax credit uh, to go to. Poor children who might want to go to a private school. Isn't that amazing? It might hurt the 97% of, of our school children. They're, take money away from them. I mean, you know, my problem with the bill, it didn't ask for $30 million. Yeah, I'm with you. But um, anyhow, it was voted down. Now, that is among a Republican committee. Yeah, and that is a belief, or I had always felt that it was a belief, that real school choice. I remember when Westerman was here, and he was you know, out beating the drum for, uh, they call them scholarships now. But he was out here saying that we should give every family the uh, money that we give to schools so they could go to whatever school they wanted to. Well, exactly. And he said that that would met the the Lakeview case because that was pure equitable funding to every family, the exact same amount of money. Well, that would take us back, I think, to a time where schools produced education and they were not an extension of government, which they are now. They're yeah. just an ex- uh, the, they're the community center in a lot of uh, small cities. A child care center. Well, it, 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 well it would have to get better for it to be a child care center. Well, but. some are better than others, and I, and I get that. But it's, it's the center of most small towns is the school, which the government has taken over, and now the government is the center of life. In all these smaller towns. As opposed to families and businesses and churches. And churches. And, 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 well, we've been right. conditioned to rely on the government to well, fix it, well, and it, we've turned over responsibility. Yeah, public school is kind of like the Democrat well, church an now. absolute. Well, it seems to me like the, the public school idea as a concept, and, and I can't even you know, begin to discuss this with anybody in any committees, but why do we even need public schools anymore? Because we're socialist. Well, I mean, the Internet and private companies could do this job where when they churches when, when they got a hold of job well when, when they got their foothold which was a good thing because i don't know what the literacy rate was in america but it was low and and the idea was great and the public schools did a lot of good and schools will still do a lot of good but they don't have to be public schools anymore that, that time has passed we have youtube we have youtube no kidding you want to learn something Go to YouTube. I mean, what 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 is I the, go to Facebook. What, what is it that you can learn? In, <laughs> what is it in school that you can learn that you can't learn on the internet for free? Marxism. You can learn that for free oh, you too. Can. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I hate I your brother and soon. sister over the head. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, what what is it? Public school is is, is a mess. 
it, it, what is it that you, you take a kid and immerse them in a government program and a social environment from the time they're five years old till they become till they're eighteen, and we wonder why these kids turn out socialist after they get finished with college. I mean, they're 22, 23 years old, where college has basically just finished off their socialist training. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're teaching things that they never were designed to teach, nor were they capable. I mean, the teachers themselves, well, reading, writing, and arithmetic, let's get that right first before you do anything else. Yeah, But right. it's the opposite of that. Yeah, you, you got kids that are turning 18 years old, and they still but don't But only in a common core way. I mean, how, how is it possible to spend $150,000 on a kid for education? For him to be educated, and he still can't read. How do you pull that off? Well, it's a it's a nice gig if you can get it. Well, I, mean, I hate to tell you, I, I home I have four children, and I homeschooled my children. But the oldest already knew he was he was in the second grade when I started, and so the second child, you know, another both of those were boys. Mm-hmm. I taught him to read. Third and fourth one, I I think I taught them to read. They kind of they, taught, they, teach each other. Abs- no, they didn't teach each other. Trust me. But I learned in that process that people pretty much learn to read on their own mm. you know now I, I had a difficult time learning to read and so did my second son but that that's just everyone's wired differently i have a five-year-old grandson who reads the equivalent of a fifth grader he's five years old his teacher didn't sit down and spend hours with him teaching him to Your read parents. so a lot of these people you know learned that do well would have done well regardless, but those that need help need to be taught, you know, and they're not being taught. Well, I think in so many cases we've got kids whose, whose family situations are just in shambles, and so they don't need to sit down at, at a, in a classroom and, and learn arithmetic and reading. They need to learn how to actually function as a human being because they're not even functional human beings. They can't behave. All right, take a break. We'll come back, and we'll finish it up here from the uh, third floor, house side at the Capitol. Joe and Brenda are here with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's always fun talking with them, and it's a lot easier instead of doing it over the phone. (laughs) We'll be back with more in just a moment. All right, final segment uh, for today's show. We'll be back here tomorrow and get it underway at 2 o'clock. No, no, we won't be here tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. I was thinking today was Wednesday. It's uh, Friday tomorrow, so I'll be in studio tomorrow. We'll be back here on Monday. And the reason we don't come on Friday now is because they're being sneaky now. Used to be they just keep the same clock. Uh, when they meet on Fridays now, they start meeting at 11 o'clock in the morning. And by the time I get here, they're all gone. They're, they're at home. So what uh, do they do? They just punch in and leave? No, they take care of they meet. They, meet the, they make their uh, they make, well, make uh, law between 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the afternoon, basically. Yeah, and it'll just kind of depend on their, how long their agenda is. Like today, their agenda was pretty long, so they just got out just a little bit ago. But well, who knows? An it hour may be, it may ago. Be, was it an hour ago? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good working hours, one <laughs> one thirty to 4. Wish I could work that. Well, if you, you, but you I love right. being on the yeah. show. But I, I like being on the, on the air and, and talking to folks. All right, so have you guys begun to put together your list of who your best Republicans are during this session? No. Um, we'll, we'll compile all the bills. So we're, we're not, and we don't look, we, it's just a math thing. 
And so we, we're always surprised as anyone when we get the totals. You know, you have a feel as you see how people are voting. Yeah. But this year we'll also add to, it won't be on the scorecard, but it'll be made mention. There were some really good speeches made by legislators, as we talked about last week on the, or Monday on the on the uh, phone. But, um, Joe, what's, what's your take on our scorecard? Well, well, first thing we do is is we identify all the bills. Okay. You know, that's that's where you got to start. Is that we score? That we score. You know, what are you going to score? You know, you're going to score a you know, hundred dollar. Are, are tax most bill or are mo- most of your bills? You know, they they deal with money, economics. Okay, economics and and freedom, okay. transparency. We don't get into the social issues and those kind of things. Jerry okay. Cox does a great job of that. Yeah. All right. So we do that, and and we list the bills and and what what the weights of them are. You know, one bill is not equivalent to another, and some people have a problem with that. And we we score some committee votes if they're important enough. So we'll get that done first, and then we'll see who voted for them, and that generates a total number and a value. But there are bills that are have some economic value, just like the homeschool or our school, excuse me, school choice bill. We see that as affecting economics uh, and Eco- economic development. <laughs> How many times did we hear <laughs> That's that? That's what today? school is: economic <laughs> development. Yeah, and then then today, just like the the um, resolution that uh, we watched the House vote on a few minutes ago about requiring more signatures for the people to get an initiative on the ballot. That's we're, correct. We're and that's gone that. up significantly. Well, oh, yeah. right. Earlier in the session, there was, there was one to require a whole lot more signatures for third parties. Are you familiar well, with that? Well, that passed, didn't it? I think it did, yeah. I, th- I think it did. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, for a third party to get on the ballot. Pa- party yeah. to get on the ballot. I call I that was... the anti-libertarian bill. <laughs> was it oh, absolutely. A, were they talking about 27,000 signatures now as opposed to 10,000? Now, of course. It was over double, as I recall. Yes, Arkansas Econ- Economic Defense That's, Fund. That is going to be challenged in court, by the way. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. Arkansas Economic Defense Fund is Conduit's legal fund hmm. entity. And I think it's going to have a lot of action after this session. You know, we're we're very excited about that because we want to help out the people, and and the legal system may be the best way for us to so do that. Have, have you all checked, checked into some of the Arkansas constitutional requirements for passing legislation? Because there there are some, there are some minimum requirements in Article Five, Sections Twenty One and Twenty Two. I think one of those is that they're supposed to read every bill at length three times on each end of the did house. You, did you re, did you listen yesterday to the senator that was here? Who told you they were reading those oh, yeah, bills read three the times? Huh. They read the title and they can read it while yeah. the chamber is empty. There was a House member that challenged uh, Representative Dan Douglas's bill and challenged him on whether or not it was legal to have so many tax issues in one bill. And um, Dan says, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not aware of anything in the Arkansas Constitution that, re- that prohibits multiple issues on a bill, but one of the initiated thing, act it does. Yeah, I think some of the initiated acts there is. But but one of the things about the Arkansas Constitution is they're not allowed to drastically change a bill as it's going through the system. And so if it, if it drastically changes, that's illegal. You can't do it. Well, the title of the bill is to uh, re- reflect the content. Right. And uh, that's probably well, where well, you're Those are all subjective that. things, and, and you're, there, there you're is some gray area there to get a judge to rule against the legislature. Yeah. Although I've got a friend up in Missouri who actually sued on some of those constitutional-type requirements for the procedural vote or um, law passage, and he won. Well, so what did he win? 
they get to vote again. And they they repealed, the, they repealed the laws, I guess. Well, but they'd come back and vote they, they, for they it could. Again. They yeah. could, yeah. And I'm not sure if they did or not. But, but yeah, this, he, he won, basically. They, they acknowledged, yeah, that's what the Constitution says. We got to see uh, Senator Dave Wallace today, and I told mm-hmm. him how much I missed his special election bill, and mm-hmm. I, I wanted something passed. He said, it's not gone. And I said, you know, we're having a special election in Fayetteville uh, April the 9th, and, of course, early voting is now. And all over the place, special elections to increase your taxes in addition to what the legislature just did. Hey, one good point I want to make for that uh, bright spot I saw at the Capitol. Yes. Cody Highland is running around here. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he yep. was walking around. I talked to him today. Like I told Looking you, for cases? Is that- I told you, I, I saw him today, and, and he had just come out of the pouring down rainstorm, and he only had like three drops of water on him. We well, all said, need to tell the public who Cody Highland is yeah, before yeah, you say too much. He's the, uh, he's the prosecutor of the Eastern District of Arkansas. The U.S. prosecutor. Yes. Well, that's his business, and business is good, brother. <laughs> and I just told him, I said, I said, look, it shows that you've got a lot of power. Even water avoids you. Thanks for having us on the show. I today. appreciate you being on. And it's great uh, thanks so much. And, and let's uh, let's do this. Try to do this more often. Sounds good. I mean, it works. It works really well when we're all together. Well, come on up to Fayetteville anytime. I'll come up. <laughs> I don't invite unless you want me to see me show up. I mean, it's bottom line. We'll take a break right now. I'll be back with you at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Paul, thanks for the week. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And uh, Brenda, Joe, thank you all. Thank you. Talk guys. to you tomorrow. Bye, Paul. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.